Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Good Alaska, this is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the Daily Dose of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Thank you guys for joining with me today. We had a little bit of a hiatus, a break. I took some time off last week and enjoyed time with my family, friends, and obviously had an awesome Thanksgiving, and I hope you guys did too. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, listen, we got a lot to be thankful for, and there's a lot of things to be concerned about, but generally we got a lot of things to be thankful for. And I also want to say thank you guys. Thank you to our listeners here. We're up to, I believe it's now over 125 Apple podcast reviews. We're trying to hit that 150 mark by the end of the year, so you guys are you guys are getting us there. We appreciate that. If you haven't had a chance to give us a five-star review, it just takes a second. Just swipe that stars all the way to five and submit it, and, uh, and that would be greatly appreciated. And if you're an extra mile type of person, you can go ahead and just stop right there. Just take a minute and write us a written review. We definitely appreciate those, and they go a long way. We read every one of them. You guys are awesome, so thank you. Well, I was gone a little bit, and there's a lot in the news right now. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much I feel like I've missed just in the fact, just in the fact that, frankly, there's just a ton going on. It's hard to keep up sometimes. I went back and uh, talked with Suzanne, our fearless leader, and by, by the time I actually got a hold of her and talked with her, and there's just stuff in and out of, I can't even tell you, everything. So let's, let's start with some good news. I think this is good news. And I'm going to preface this by saying, listen, if you're on social media, and in particular, this seems to be a, a, just a echo chamber extraordinaire on Alaska Twitter, particularly in the political slash news realm. There's a, there's a fantastic echo chamber in there. And the reverberations in that room are Dunleavy's awful. Dunleavy's awful. That's what the reverberations are. They keep going. Dunleavy doesn't do this, that, and the other thing. Well, the the problem with this, and I think what people are beginning to understand when it comes to social media, in particular these echo chambers, is that they don't actually represent the majority of people. And the unfortunate thing is the majority, which are the loudest in some cases, tend to overpower and make it feel like the majority feels this way. And that's just not the case. So the reason I say that is Suzanne Downing wrote a great article on mustreadalaska.com. It's under the title poll. Dunleavy ranks high in popularity compared to all other governors. It's a great article. I encourage you to go and read it. And really what it does is it breaks down. It breaks down exactly all 50 states and ranks the popularity of each governor by uh, approval rating. Percentage-wise. So Dunleavy sits at number 16. Out of all 50 states, he sits at 16. And this is uh, a poll from Morning Console. Okay, And this, this firm, what they do is they rank the popularity of elected officials. And this is the seasonal thing. So Dunleavy was in here before. And we'll kind of go over those numbers here in a minute. But currently, Dunleavy ranks number 16 out of 50. And he's at a 57% approval rating. Now couple things to note. Number one is this, and it's this is things I want you to get. 
Okay. These are things and trends I want you to get. Out of the top 20 governors, according to approval rating, or popularity, I should say, which is sort of, I would say one and the same, but I don't know. I haven't seen the methodology. But let's just say, for the sake of this, we'll just say popularity. Out of the top 20 governors on this list, 15 are Republican governors. I'm going to go ahead and let that marinate for a second. 15 out of the top 20 governors, based on popularity, are Republican. There's only five Democratic governors. I think that's huge. That is huge. Let's get into some of the numbers. Obviously, uh, we probably wanted to know who's number one. And if you're not going to go read the article, which I highly recommend you do go read the article, the number one uh, most popular governor is out of Vermont. It's a Republican, Governor Phil Scott. He's got a 79% approval rating. That is something. But let's get into some of the numbers, okay? Let's get into some of the numbers. I'm going to read from the article here. Dunleavy, who faced a recall campaign that started only three months after he took office, has seen his approval ratings go up and down and up again. In the fourth quarter of 2019, Morning Consult had him at a dead even 42% approving and 42% disapproving of him. And at that point, he was ranked number nine among the 50 governors for popularity. At the same time, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had a 58% approval rating. Morning Consult successfully predicted. Now, this is what I want you to understand before I read this. Okay, so where Governor Dunleavy is at right now is pretty much where Ron DeSantis was uh, back in 2019, okay? So 58% for DeSantis, 57% for Dunleavy. But if you were in these Twitter echo chambers, you would think that Dunleavy's approval rating is at 23%. You would think he would have the same approval rating of, as Kamala Harris, 28%. But that's not the case. His approval rating right now is at 57%, which is over the majority. It just is. And that's the danger, once again, of these echo chambers. Now, here's the problem. As we talk about the upcoming governor's race, we have two fairly prominent candidates emerging. You have, obviously, Dunleavy running for re-election. And then you have former governor Bill Walker running. Now, why is that important? Well, I'm going to tell you why that's important. Because, number one, a couple of things. Let's remember, back in 2008, excuse me, 2018, Bill Walker, when he tried to run again, had to run as an independent because the, the Democratic Party did not uh, present him as their candidate. But listen to this. Let's remember this, people. Let's not have a short-sighted mind. Let's not forget. Amnesia in politics is terrible, and that's part of the problem. So let's remember this. From the article, Morning Consul successfully predicted the freefall of former Governor Bill Walker in 2018. The polling firm named him the least, least popular governor running for re-election in 2018. With a net approval rating of negative 26%, he ended up with just 2% of the entire vote that year during the election. He had 5,757 votes versus Dunleavy's 51.4%, or that, what that equates to in the votes is 145,631 remind you when bill walker was trying to run for re-election in 2018 he had 
such abysmal approval rating that the Democrats kicked him out as their candidate, and he only got 2% of the vote, and right now he's their leading candidate. It's astounding. Listen to me. Do not have voter, do not have political amnesia. Quote, Walker posted the largest net slide in approval of any governor in the fourth quarter, falling 19 points compared to the previous quarter, the survey firm reported. Unbelievable. Let's talk a little bit more. Republican DeSantos, although much lauded by conservatives around the country this year for his battle with President Joe Biden, has a 52% approval rating in his state. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott has 50. Listen to me. Listen to me. Ron DeSantos is such, he's so on fire right now that the Republicans are not even worried about anybody running against him because the Democrats have just pulled all their money out of Florida. And he's at 52% approval rating in his state. Currently in this poll, along with Dunleavy, together, Dunleavy has five points on him in approval rating. And right now, the Democrats are not going to put any money in Florida because DeSantos is red hot. That is amazing to me. Amazing. Surprise, surprise, just to round out everything, the least popular governor in the country is Oregon Democrat Kate Brown, who has a 43% approval rating. This is up slightly from the fourth quarter of 2019 when 37% was her approval rating. Well, gee, that's what happens when you let Portland burn, I guess. Listen, I'm telling you right now, this has to be shown to anybody that sits in those echo chambers on Twitter and Facebook. Get yourself out of that and realize that the majority of people are not sitting on Twitter bad-mouthing government and leadership the whole time with an agenda on there. It's just the reality. That's not happening. And this poll proves that. As a matter of fact, the poll should not just prove that, but prove that Dunleavy has an excellent chance for re-election. With five points over DeSantos, who again is red hot in Florida. There is The Democrats are putting no money in a Florida campaign against him. He's red hot. And then the Republican uh, governor for Texas, Greg Abbott, is at 50%. Now let's keep in mind this. When we talked about the fact that 20, the top 20 most popular governors in this poll, 15 of them were Republican, guess what? It is pretty quantifiable now how many left Democratic-run states like California and New York and decided to what? They moved to where? Florida and Texas. That's where they moved. What I'm saying is, is that let's, let's not just listen to the, the minority noise when it comes to those who uh, have a minority viewpoint on certain topics. Because it's pretty clear, Don Levy has done a great job. I would dare say Alaskans actually appreciate the way he's handled COVID-19, the pandemic, and the fact that he's allowed liberty and personal freedom to be the driving factor in what he does. Mark my words. If, if the polling is correct, you're going to see that at the governor's race. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Well, speaking of that, there's many things that uh, I could say about this, but let's just 
let's just talk about a fact of a story that was written today by Suzanne, and I think we need to address this. It's under the title. It's a long title, and it's at the top of the page. Jumped the shark. ADN lets recaller Scott Kendall pen steady stream of anti-Dunleavy propaganda on its opinion page. And listen, if you've ever been to the ADN opinion page, I can tell you what. It is just left and right, article after article, questioning not just the governor but the mayor. It's almost like it's just stacked up and up and up and up. And so when you're looking at mainstream media and you're looking at legacy newspaper media, this is just another great example of not understanding the pulse. You're driving to one particular demographic, one particular ideology, and as a matter of fact, it's becoming more and more evident. Listen, go to the article and read it. It's fascinating. And if you don't know who Scott Kendall is, Scott Kendall's an attorney. He's a part of the Bill Walker regime. You know that Bill Walker regime that I just told you had the largest slide in 2018 for all 50 governors in the United States. He had the largest slide, only got 2% of the entire vote when it was election time in 2018. Wasn't he even a part of the Democratic Party? Yeah, that's Scott Walker, or Scott Kendall, excuse me. Scott Kendall, who penned and formed and was the brainchild behind Ballot Measure 2, which was funded by dark money, the majority of the money that came to that actual ballot measure that was for the ballot measure was outside of the state, even though that the ballot measure was touting itself as getting rid of dark money, a, an absolute disgrace and, and misstatement, which is totally, it, it's, it's unbelievable how mis misrepresented that ballot measure two was. That Scott Kendall is now seemingly a opinion reporter for anything against the Dunleavy campaign. Okay, so let's let's take a little bit of a note. And this again is from this again is from the opinion page in ADN in the and we're gonna go through just a timeline, okay? A timeline and, and this timeline can be found in the article, so I'm reading it from the article in case you're wondering where I got it. Let's just start from two years ago. Okay, Kendall writes this, I quote, It's time to end the myth of support for Dunleavy's agenda and to turn towards a better future for Alaska. Interesting. Build back better, better future for Alaska. How's that going? Again, two years ago, Kendall writes, In Alaska, nothing is impossible. Support the recall for Governor Dunleavy, who he, he, was, he was running up. Then in May, he wrote, Dunbar is the best choice for mayor, even if he wasn't your first choice. I think we were sort of planning and getting ready for that ranked choice voting. But uh, again, the people went against him, and I'm sure that wasn't the greatest thing for Mr. Kendall. In July, Kendall wrote, Dunleavy's deficit of honesty. The 50-50 plan is half-baked. The same guy who allowed Bill Walker to take a ridiculous portion of your PFD. Yes, that guy is telling you that somebody else's plan for the PFD is half-baked. Then he writes in September 2nd, Politics is holding back our healthcare experts in Alaska on COVID-19, blaming Dunleavy. Interesting. Interesting choice of words, Mr. Kendall. Then he wrote on October 14th, Thank you, Assembly members, appreciating the universal mask ordinance that the majority passed in the emergency ordinance. Oh, that emergency ordinance where the people had a right to voice their opinion instead tricked them and passed an emergency ordinance? Yes, let's usurp the public, those that we work for, so we can get our agenda done. Very nice, Mr. Kendall. Then on the October 25th of this year, he writes, Dunleavy thrives on dividing Alaskans, says the guy who's writing op-eds to divide Alaskans. Again, you can't make this logic up. 
And this week, he writes, Dunleavy's corrupt misuse of public funds is rampant. I tell you what, it's super interesting to me that this is continuing to happen at the ADN. Now, I don't know, in fairness to the ADN, I don't know if they're not getting a steady stream of conservative uh, review or conservative opinion on many topics. But this, to me, looks like an operational arm for the Democratic Party, for Mr. Bill Walker, and for Scott Kendall to push forth an agenda that is, I mean, read this stuff. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. So here we go. When we talk about, when people talk about not trusting the media, the mainstream media, when when people in polls show such a distrust for what's going on, I mean, just look at CNN as an example. When there's such a slanted bias towards a particular ideology, political or otherwise, it, it becomes difficult to really just gauge what the truth is. And let me tell you something. The fact that Scott Kendall would write all this stuff in ADN and then do what he does in regards to Must Read Alaska is, let's just say, a lack of self-awareness. That's what I would say. That's a nice way to say it, right? It's a lack of self-awareness. I don't know Scott Kendall. Never met the man in my life. But I have read his, his opinion pieces because I think they're interesting. I think there's a lack of self-awareness in there. And I would also ask Scott Kendall, you know, when you talk about, for example, ballot measure two, and you're talking about radically transforming the way Alaska does elections, which I'm not sure why that's a thing when one vote should equal one vote for one person, not a ranked choice or any of that. In particular, do something that nobody has ever done, which is combine ranked choice voting a jungle primary that has never been done before, but then not even to really use that in marketing, but to lure people into the opinion that many of this or if not all of this ballot measure too, was surrounding dark money into Alaska, which let's be honest, no Alaskan wants somebody from the outside informing, infecting, or influencing anything here in Alaska. Why did not Scott Kendall just divulge the fact that most of the money to get all these ads and everything up came from outside Alaska? Just a question. I mean, if we're going to start challenging the governor's integrity, if we're going to start challenging the character of the governor and challenge the character of the mayor, why don't we challenge the character of Mr. Kendall being honest with the public? Because that's not the deal, right? And I'm just tired. I'm, I'm on a rant today. I'm tired of the left playing by their own rules and the right having to play with what the left says they have to play with based on rules. I'm not, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Let's just call a spade what a spade is. That's exactly what it is. This is an absurdity. It's absurd. And so, no. Uh, listen, the ADN opinion page, I'm sure, gets a lot of submissions. I'm sure they have to feel through many different submissions. But here's the deal. You know what you're putting out there. They don't just get to publish directly to the website or to the newspaper printed. It goes through a process. And the fact that this has continued to happen... It feels like, I'm not saying it is, but it certainly feels like a rather needed appendage to the Democratic Party and their particular candidates and those running it. And so I don't want to hear about, oh, must read Alaska's putting out another piece, a hit piece, and this, the Please, please. All you got to do is go to the opinion page right now, and you could probably count the 
articles, uh, it would it would add up quickly of the articles that are either attacking Dunleavy, attacking Bronson, and or attacking their leadership based on COVID or the hospital. So I don't want to hear it. I'm fine with you doing that. Totally support your right to do that. But let's not get it twisted. Let's not pretend like we're a you know a news outlet that provides an equal non-subjective opinion on things. Or a better way to put that is in the opinion section, let's not say that we're giving equal voice to all sides, right? I don't know how many conservative viewpoints they get. I don't know if they're not getting enough. And if that's the case, I understand. But again, it's the appearance. And public trust in those institutions, uh, particularly mainstream media, legacy newspaper media, it's low. I mean, look at the polling. It's, I think, now below 35%. I'm just saying. All right, let's move on. I'm off my rant. I, listen, I'm all about being like honest. Let's be honest. Let's not t- attack everybody's integrity and character when you yourself have some answers that you need to provide us with the questions about integrity and character. But that's, that's nonetheless... I'm just saying, let's be equal on both sides here. And I know Scott Kendall's not in the running for office, but let's just be honest about this. You did, you were the brainchild behind ballot measure two, and the entire scope of that was three very big things that have never should have been into one ballot measure. And then on top of that, the marketing and the messaging was all about one of those measures that had very little to do with the election. transformation that was going on there and everything to do with the fact that you were sort of straw manning a bigger issue than it really was. You were trying to provide people with a scare tactic of fear. Hey, let's not have outside money interfering with our elections. Hey, let's not do that. Oh, by the way, we just forgot to mention that the majority of our funding came from outside, quote, dark money. Just, I, yeah, it's, it's politics, baby, but I'm allowed to rant. I'm allowed to just give a little bit of feedback. All right. I'm going to finish up with this, okay? And I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. But Kathy Giesel is just filed to run against Senator Roger Holland. Okay? We have, a, we have an article about this. Suzanne is always on top of all this. And it's titled, Kathy Giesel Files to Run Against Senator Holland. From the article, Senator Roger Holland, who represents District E in Anchorage, has a competitor for 2022, and it's the person he beat last time, former Senate President Kathy Giesel. Giesel today filed with the Division of Elections. She has not yet filed with the Alaska Public Office Commission, and her website has yet to be launched. Holland beat Giesel in 2020 by 30 points in the primary, but he only beat Democrat Carl Johnson by four points. But the Libertarian Carl... uh, Caroline Carecliff took 4% of the vote that would likely go to Holland in a ranked choice voting scenario, which will be how the next general election is conducted. So here you go. Get ready. Okay. Everybody is positioning themselves because like we just talked about, man, segues are great today. Ballot measure two has now created this dynamically different way to run for office. Okay, you don't. It's not just you have ranked choice voting, but you got this jungle primary, which takes the four top candidates and puts them on a ballot. So it's going to be chaos. It really is. What it does is it creates a simplified system and convolutes it 
in the fact that they're trying to, to create this mass chaos in voting. It was very simple. You had a one vote for one person. Very simple. Very simple. Now you don't even get the, the primaries. You don't get a Democratic primary and a Republican primary. No, what you get, what you get now is a jungle primary. Everybody's out there. And the top four vote getters then move on to the, uh, to the general election. And you're like, Scott, why is that different? Because people don't... Un Listen, voting can be crazy. Ballot measure two is a great example of this. Because the actual explanation on the ballot was such a disgrace to what it really was. It does not even begin to encompass what ballot measure two really meant. That people voted for it based on the explanation from those who came up with it. It's, it's listen, I'm not a fan of it. I know there's litigation going right now in the legal, the justice system, you know, all of that. All of that's going on. They're trying to, you know, lawsuits and all of that's going on. But this is what we're looking at right now. And so Kathy Giesel, oh, hey, Kathy Giesel's back. And I don't blame her. I do not blame her because why would you not test the waters, especially with this new election system? It's crazy to me. Listen, that's it for me today. It's a bit of a short one. I know, but we're trying to get back to the swing of things and there's a lot going on. I'm all about this. I am willing to have any conversation. I'm willing to have a conversation with Scott Kendall if he would love to come on. I'm willing to have a conversation. Obviously, the governor comes on, the mayor I've interviewed a couple times. Uh, Kathy Giesel could come on. I don't care who. I'm willing to have those conversations. I just want to have a logical conversation. I want to ask some logical questions. I want to probe a little deeper. Do I know everything about Alaska politics? Absolutely not. There are people out there that specialize in things. But what I do know is I understand marketing, communications, messaging, PR. And I also understand what's going on right now. And it is going to be a wild ride in 2022. But here's the thing. The question is this. Well, what happened in Virginia and Pennsylvania and some of the inroads into New Jersey during the gubernatorial election? Is that, is that going to sweep across during the midterm elections? That'll be interesting because right now Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are toxic. They're toxic. Like I said before, the Democratic Party has essentially pulled all funding out of Florida. So it'll be interesting to see. And lastly, I want to say this. Remember, stay out of the echo chambers because what they can do is lead you to false assumptions. They hollow loud. They reverberate frequently. And what they do is they don't tell you a full picture. They tell you just a sliver. And that's the problem. The echo chamber on social media is much like mainstream media. It only provides a small window, a very narrow view of a topic, and it doesn't give you the wider perspective. And that, my friends, is why you need to look broader. That's why Dunleavy has a poll approval rating of 57%, five points higher than DeSantis in Florida, who is red hot. Remember that. All right, guys. Hey, if you haven't followed us on Facebook, if you haven't uh, subscribed and hit the notification bell on YouTube, please do that. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to make sure that you're up to date with all our content. And uh, it's just something we want to do. We have, listen, we're on MeWe, Parler, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Rumble, all that. And all those handles are under Must Read Alaska 
one word. Again, I would love to have people to come on that are from the uh, more left-leaning Democratic side. I just don't think they want to do that with me. I'm fair. I'm not here to try to chastise you, but I do think that you know conversations need to be had, and I want to have them. I asked Forrest Dunbar to come on. That didn't happen. I get it. You know, you know, you're walking into a, uh, a conversation that could be contentious, and and I want to answer some questions. But just like you expect the governor to go on to left-leaning shows or the mayor to debate on left-leaning shows, it, it's not one way, my friends, and I'm no longer going to allow it to be a one-way road. It's two-way street. So that's how I'm going to play it from now on. All right, everybody. Until next time, take care, Alaska. <laughs>